Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, we're going to talk about how do we discuss with each other, both with our students and honestly, also in life, how do we discuss politics and social issues in the right way, in the right spirit that's going to foster unity and actually get to solutions rather than just talking past each other and frustrating each other. I don't have to tell you the state of social media lately has been frustrating to say the least. It has been very difficult and the conversations in many cases have not been productive. So how do we teach our students? How do we ourselves have conversations about difficult issues, but important issues in a way that fosters solutions rather than simply breeding frustration and disunity. So I'm going to play this episode for you, but I have to explain first. My husband and I actually created this episode back in March before COVID happened. So this episode was actually set to release back in April. And then, of course, it did not feel relevant at that point. No one was talking about politics. We were actually all um, fairly unified around the virus. Since then, though, a lot has happened. It's an election year, so we knew politics was going to come back at some point. But beyond that, we have so many social issues we're trying to work through. We're working through the aftermath of George Floyd's murder. We have so many things that are on our mind and our hearts that are really, really important. And as I looked back on this episode and kept thinking, you know, when do we share this episode? I think now is the time. Um, And even though we recorded this episode before all of this happened, the truths that we talk about are 100% relevant. We talk about three key um, principles to use when we discuss politics and social issues. And so I really hope that you guys will find these helpful and we'll go ahead and play the interview now. Today, we are going to talk about the right way to discuss politics in and outside of the classroom. And you guys know it is an election year, so politics are going to come up. It will be on students' minds. It will be on our minds. So the question is, how do we, first of all, navigate the inevitable political discussions that are going to come up? And also, how can we proactively teach our students the right way to talk about politics? And to help me talk about this, I'm joined today by my husband, Tim. Thanks for being here. Hey, everybody. It's good to be here. I was looking forward to this, so we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad to have Tim. For those of you that don't know, Tim is actually uh, works with us here at Teach for the Heart, and he's the one behind all the design that you see on the website and throughout all our Teach for the Heart resources. I'm super thankful for him, and I'm thankful that he's joining us today uh, to talk about this important topic. We talk about you know, social issues, political things all the time. And we have come a long way together in this. And so hopefully we can share with you some of the things that we've learned. Yeah, that's true. Um, I remember we would, uh, we, I used to be so passionate about, you know, politics and, and it was kind of like a, a hobby, but as you said, we've come a long way and, and realized, you know, grown in perspective and just how we think, think about things over the years. Yeah, that's for sure true. And this isn't the focus of today's conversation, but I think a lot of that growth has come from learning to really trust God's sovereignty and to realize that politics, our hope is not in 
politics. Yeah, it's not so in who's in in the White House or who's controlling Congress. And that's not we're not going that direction as much. That's not the focus of our conversation today. But I think that's a really important pre-point that in order to be able to navigate this political year, you have to start with that. You have to trust, start with a deep trust that God is in control, um, that yes, we should be involved in politics. Yes, we should be involved in you know discussing things and discussing social issues and seeking solutions. But that is not our hope. Our hope is found in Christ. Yeah, it's so true. So what we wanted to talk about today, though, is kind of putting a spotlight on the division, the deep division that is in our country, and maybe some of you experience in your classroom. And some of you have very diverse classrooms with political opinions on both sides. Uh, Some of you have classrooms where everyone thinks the same. And honestly, I think the danger is almost more in the classrooms where everyone thinks the same. Um, But regardless of what your classroom looks like, you probably recognize that we are in a tough spot right now where everyone, our country is super divided. And we're not really able to talk about anything. and And we're not really coming up with any real solutions. I mean, this is just a bigger problem more than ever. We are talking at each other rather than talking with each other. And um, we want to talk about start, start, first of all, by talking about why, what are some of the contributing factors to that, and then kind of three key points about how we should, what is the right way to talk politics. So let's start out with kind of how did we get to where we are? Why are we so divided? Why can we not even talk about anything together? And I think... To back up a little bit, you know, growing up or in the past generations, there was this phrase, don't talk religion or politics that we kind of grew up with. Right. I I remember going over my grandma's house and that that was that was said a lot. You know, Uh, we went to different churches. um, She was Catholic. We were not. And, you know, don't talk about religion and politics. That's not what we do. But I think what we were really learning was how to not have a difficult conversation where two people come to different conclusions. Mm -hmm. And it's funny um, you, what you said before about the classes, some of you might teach in classes where everyone has the same, um, uh, same outlook and opinion on things. And we, we need different, we need different viewpoints. Mm -hmm. We need to think differently. I was just talking to our neighbor. We have, um, our neighbor next door, uh, Nina, who is so sweet and kind, and she's like a grandmother to our children. And she plays such a big part in our lives. And we, but we think differently when it comes to politics and and things like that. And, and the other day I was having a conversation with her and we were kind of joking and it was a lighthearted conversation. And, and then it started to get into some heavier things. And she said that about not talking religion and politics. And I said, you know what though, Nina, I said, we, we we love each other you know we we no matter what what where our um the conversation goes and we we should be able to talk about these hard topics i said nina i said you don't want everyone to think the same we want to have different viewpoints if everybody thought the same it would be no good you know so it was just kind of a interesting takeaway and an exchange and it was kind of like she was thinking yeah that's true we want to want to think differently and we should be able to have a conversation where we come out on different ends of the spectrum and or come to different conclusions and we're still friends we still love each other we still are close yeah, and we're going to talk more about that later, but there is just – so we, we're kind of fighting that, right? That that old school of thought of just don't talk religion and politics. And it, it wasn't always like that, just so you know. When, the, when our country was founded, 
political discussions happened all the time. You know, spiritual discussions were just very commonplace. And that's how they found solutions by talking about it. And so I don't think it is a right take to just completely withdraw and say, you know, we're not going to discuss this in our classroom. We're not going to discuss this in our family. Uh, You might find you have to do that temporarily, but that's not the best solution. Uh, We really... That it, it just cuts off conversation. It keeps us from understanding each other. For sure. So we grew up with don't talk religion or politics, but now we live in the world of social media. And that has completely changed oh the game. Soul. And not for the <laughs> not for the better. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, social media is is kind of a disaster. You know, I I joke that it it's destroying our society, but it, it really is. And 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 here's the thing. We we like on social media gives you everything that you like and that you agree mm-hmm. with, you know? So you like the pages that you like, you like, uh, you know, you have all your friends, all your, uh, you know, the stores, the advertisements, everything you like it. That's what you like. And so it gives you articles, um, that you agree with because it wants you to be on there. It wants to, uh, it, it doesn't want you to be in a bad mood. Um, it doesn't want you to f- feel frustrated. And so, and so when you're on social media, you're scrolling down your, your feed of whatever, whatever, whatever it is. And it's all things that, that you agree with. And, and it just, it makes you feel like when you come across something that is a differing point of view, you're like, where is this coming from? You know, no one else, you know, no one else thinks like this. Right. So the social media kind of perpetuates this thought that I'm right and no one else is wrong. Because in case you don't know this, the social media platforms have algorithms where they show you more of what you like. (laughs) So if you like something, they show you more of it and they don't show you things that you don't like uh, because they want you to enjoy being on their platform. So it kind of perpetuates that. And then it's also just a horrible discussion forum. I mean, how many of you guys, we have all been sucked into social, into like these, these debates on social media. And it is just a horrible forum for that where you're not face to face. You're not able to read body language. there's no relationship there in many cases and it's just it just digresses into chaos it's just it's just not the best forum right. for these meaningful discussions no no one has ever been persuaded of anything on on a social media debate so yeah so it's so it's not the best so those are just a couple of the contributing factors to how we got to where we are why we are here um but we want to talk about now is what should we do about it? Because the thing is, we have to be able to talk about issues. You know, there are real issues in our society, both politically, political issues, social issues. It is important. And we do need to be able to talk about it. And our students need to learn how to have these conversations so that we can find solutions. If we don't talk about it, we can't find solutions. So let's get into it. How should we talk about politics? Well, number one, we have to stop vilifying the other side. Now, here's the thing. Both Democrats and Republicans can point a finger at the other side and identify a few truly horrible people. There are some tr- a, a few truly horrible people on both sides. But we are no matter which which political party you're part of, we tend to look at the other side and lump them all together and say they think this or they're so horrible, they don't care about this or all they want is this. And we vilify the other side. And that is not right and it's not accurate because the majority of the people, there are a few exceptions, but the majority of the people on both sides are honestly trying to do the right thing. You might disagree about 
like the the right way to get there, but they have good motives. And honestly, in most issues, both sides actually think that they have the moral high ground. I am dead serious. Like we tend to think, well, I have the moral high ground and they just don't care. But both sides actually think that they have the moral high ground and we need to recognize that. Yeah. So, I mean, a great example of this is the illegal, you know, illegal immigration debate, you know, and, and it's funny, I've had conversations with my neighbor about this. And the the idea is on one side, you have people that say, you don't care about these poor people that are trying to get into the country. You don't have love. Um, you don't want them. And the other side is saying, well, you, you, you don't care about laws. You don't care about crime. You don't care about um, our society um, and any of that. And and so it's just not helpful. You you you've kind of created this this villain on on both sides. Either side thinks the other one is the villain. When when really we're not listening and trying to understand where they're coming from. Right. And the key here is not that you have to agree with the other side or think that they're right, but we tend to vilify the person. You are a horrible person because you think this, or you are like a, a racist person, or, or hateful, a racist, right, or, yes. a, or a, a lawless person, or whatever whatever word um, fits the situation, like you as a person are a horrible person. And we have to take that out of it, because how can we ever have a conversation with someone? How can we ever understand a perspective of someone we think is is a horrible person. Exactly. It's just not helpful. It's, it's not. Just, it's just not. It's not. So we have to stop vilifying people that think differently than we do. We must start with the assumption that they do care and they want what's best, even if it might look different than what we think is best. And so starting with that assumption that they do care should lead us to ask the question, I wonder why they think this way. Which should lead us to point number two. So point number one was stop vilifying the other side. Point number two is we have to listen to each other. And that means, I love Stephen Covey's phrase, seek first to understand, then to be understood. So before we can ever convince someone of our point of view or try to get them to understand why we think the way we do or why why the policy should be what we think it is, we have to understand theirs first. We have to genuinely understand why they think the way they do before we could ever address them or try to get them to understand our perspective. Right. And when we're talking about this, about listening, you want it to be that you're listening in a real way. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, we we do this all the time. We listen and the other person's talking and you're not listening to what they're saying. You already know what they're saying. You already know where they're coming from and what they're saying about the issue. And you're just already, what you're doing in your mind is you're formulating, um, you're formulating what you want to say back to them in response to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You're not listening. And so what, what we need to do is we need to shut off what's going on in our brains in that way. And we need to genuinely listen and try to understand what they're saying. And then when, when they're done speaking, instead of coming back and saying, here's my comeback to what you just said, you say, okay, let me see if I understand this. This is what you're saying, and you give back to them what they just told you, and they're gonna they're gonna be like, "Wow, they listened to me because because they were able to just articulate my point of view right back to me," and and, and they can say, "Yes, that is what I'm what I'm what I'm saying." Yeah, and in the in the realm of politics and social issues, this pretty much never happens. I mean, can you can you? Have you ever had a conversation like that in your life? If you have, though, you know how powerful it is. I've had a few conversations like this with some friends that I trust that think very differently than I do. And when we actually sat down and talked and I actually was like, why do you, 
why do you think this way about this issue? I, I want to understand. And I was genuinely curious. I was genuinely curious, like, how could you think this? Because I think so differently. And when we talked about it, um, we were able to both share and we discovered a ton of misconceptions. We were misunderstanding each other a lot. And when we cleared those away, we discovered that we had a lot more in common than we realized. And it also, though, clarified where the differences and sticking points were. Because a lot of times in our society, when we discuss these issues, like we're, we're throwing mud at each other, we're vilifying each other, and, and those aren't accurate. You know, you hear what the other side says about you and you're like, that's not even true because it's not. There's all these misconceptions all this vilifying. But when you actually understand, you can get to the core issue. Okay, this is where we actually, you know, we, okay, we agree actually on all this. We actually do care about the same things. Oh, this is where we diverge. Okay, well, let's think about that. And then you can actually talk about the the real issue and the real solutions. And like you said, you, you end up realizing we're not as far apart as we as we thought we were mm-hmm. you know we're we, before we thought you know we're, there's just no way we could ever you know we're, we're just in miles different ballparks yeah. we're miles <laughs> apart exactly but now we're like okay and, and and this is not to say that you'll you'll come out agreeing i mean mm-hmm, there are right. definitely philosophical differences sure. in a lot of these different issues and 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 those philosophical differences aren't going to be rectif- rectified but if you understand where the person's coming from and you want you realize okay you know they care about this just like i care about it we come to you know we're different here but these are where we're the same you know right and you talk about those underlying philosophical differences you can actually get to those you know you can actually get down to like okay this is you know i think this way because i have this core belief and you think this way because you have this core belief okay well well let's examine those core beliefs or at least so you have understanding and then you can actually kind of think through and and it leaves you with a lot to think about it leaves them with a lot to think about and you can actually get to solutions and honestly everyone is better everyone is better when they're better informed because you don't really understand an issue until you understand both sides. And you don't understand both sides unless you've talked to someone from the other side. You can't learn it by talking to people on your side. Um, right. And that sure. goes back to the social media thing <laughs> right. where everything is the same, you, you know, and you think this is what's right because this is all I've ever known. Mm-hmm. And and you've got to consider the other side. And, and maybe you will come out and still think that you and feel you the probably same will. way. And that's Many okay. Cases, that's yeah. okay. But, but you'll understand both sides and you'll probably come a little bit. You'll, you'll, you'll definitely be better informed. So there's our first two. Number one, stop vilifying the other side. Number two, listen and seek first to understand. Finally, number three, we have to consider both and rather than either or. I'll explain what I mean by that. Now, I will say up the front, there are a few issues that are clear, like right and wrong, biblically. Like there's no, there's kind of no wiggle room. But the majority, the vast majority of issues are way more nuanced than that. And we exasperate the divide and we prevent ourselves from finding solutions when we view things as either or rather than both and. And this language I'm using comes from uh, Ben Watson's book, Under Our Skin, which is a phenomenal book, by the way. Right. We got to have Ben Watson on the podcast I sometime. would love that. <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll link to his book and the notes for this episode, which will be at teachfortheheart.com slash 138. Teachfortheheart.com slash 138. But anyhow, Ben Watson talks about this concept of the both and uh, rather than either or. And so Let me give you an example of what this looks like to try to explain. So immigration is a perfect example, right? So when we think about immigration, one side is really concerned about the take caring for immigrants uh those have that are here uh we need to take we need to care for them and then there's another side that's really concerned about 
protecting Americans and and, def- and defending those that are already here. And the thing is, though, that both of those are important, right? We need to both be a haven for, you know, refugees and immigrants and those that need the help that we have. And we need to protect Americans. And they're both important. But what happens a lot of times is in in our recently, at least in our culture, is that we make everything in either or. We say, if we are going to make a haven for immigrants, then if you care about protecting protecting people, you are in opposition to me. Like it's only one or the other. And I've even I've even seen this in other issues where people push back really, really hard. They say your point is not valid because it's it's not about my point. My point is the one that's valid. Yours shouldn't even be mentioned. And that's not right. Uh, it needs to be both and both sides. Um, in many cases, both sides have an important point that both sides need to be part of the solution. It's not an either or. You start looking for this either or thinking, you will see it all over the place. You'll see it in Black Lives Matter. I mean, to be honest, we need to both hold cops accountable and support cops. Those shouldn't be in opposition to each other. They should be together. It's got to be a both and. You look for this, you will see it all over the place. So it's so important that we stop putting down the other side's concern and thinking that it's somehow by record, by if we were, so we think that if we acknowledge the other side's concern, then it de-emphasizes ours. And it can't be that. It has to be both and. So those are our three big things that we want you guys to remember. Stop vilifying the other side, listen, seek first to understand, and then think both and. And these are things that should um, affect how you think about politics. And it takes time. You know, it takes time. You got to keep reminding yourself about them. But I hope that you'll also, um, as as these things come up in the classroom, I hope you'll actively teach these three principles to your students as well. And that, uh, you know, throughout the year, they'll almost become an anthem that you keep coming back to and back to and right. back to. Right. And I guess by way of wrapping up, you might be asking, well, how does, you know, how do I you know, incorporate any of this in the classroom. I mean, I kind of want to lean to the, the don't talk religion and politics, you know, <laughs> line, you know, from the beginning, because, because, you know, I pretty much can't talk religion in the classroom. So how can I, you know, harp on these political things? And that's not what we're saying. But I think where you take this is, you know, when, when these, these conversations come up, when these, these topics come up, Ask questions, ask mm-hmm. questions to the students. You know, you may know where a lot of your students come out on on these topics. So ask them questions that'll get them to start to think about what the other side might think on an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know a, a student comes out on on this side, ask them, ask them a question that gets them to start thinking about, well, 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 maybe this is, you know, this is why, it, you know, you know, this is why they think that you don't have to tell them anything. Just ask a question, ask a probing question that leads and guides them into being willing to consider other viewpoints. Yeah. And, and even actively teaching, you know, the fact that there are two sides to every right. issue and, and to teach them that you don't understand an issue until you understand both sides. So, you know, if you have people in the classroom that think differently, get, Talk about both sides of it if you if if you have time and you you know you're in a spot where you um, you know if you're a history teacher and it ties into what you're doing whatever it is then take the time uh, to explore that I think it's super valuable lessons for both us and for our students the next coming up generation and you can do this with younger students too I mean I think of our son um, Clayton he's in first grade and um, he is really like a thinking kid yes. you know he's always <laughs> thinking things through and asking questions you know and I I try to ask him questions you know when you know. So even if it's something that I want him to come to this conclusion, you know, I want him to, I want to guide him and have him think, think things through. Absolutely. 
Well, we hope these thoughts have been helpful for you. Before we go, let's take a moment and pray about them together. Father, we thank you that you care about everything. We thank you most of all that you are sovereign and that you are in control and that the the, the heart of the king is in your hands and that you turn it wherever you will and that we can trust in you in all these things. But we thank you that you've also called us to be salt and light and to make a difference. And I pray that you will help us to, above all, have love and compassion and kindness for everyone, whether we agree with them or not, whether they're kind to us or not, and help each teacher uh, navigate the sometimes dicey Uh, conversations that come up in the classroom, outside of the classroom. Give them wisdom, give them grace, give them peace and patience um, all throughout this year. And also just a a deep trust in you um, so that there's no need to worry, but just an abiding trust that you know exactly what you're doing. Please work in each of us and in each of our classrooms. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you guys found this conversation helpful. As I said, a lot has happened since we originally recorded it, but these principles are just as relevant, if if not more so now, than when we did originally record this. And I just think it is so important if we want to affect change, if we want to find solutions to all the challenges we're facing right now and in the future, we have to start with an understanding of all the perspectives. We have to honestly understand understand the other side of the coin or the other perspective before we can find those real solutions. And there's so much right now in the public discourse that says that certain viewpoints have to be shut down. They have to be canceled. They cannot be considered. That only one viewpoint is valid. And I don't think that's the way to solutions. I do not believe that is the way to unity. I honestly believe we have to honestly want to understand how someone is thinking, why someone is thinking differently than us. And we have to understand their concerns and the values underneath those concerns if we really want to seek solutions. Because otherwise, we're, we're going to come up with these one-dimensional solutions that aren't actually solutions. They might sound good in theory, but because we didn't honestly consider the concerns on the other side of the coin, then the solutions are not going to be lasting. They're not actually going to work. And of course, everything always as Christians must be taken back through scripture. Does this align with what I know to be true based on what the creator of the universe, the creator of our hearts and of this world has put into place and has said is true in his word? So anyhow, I could go on and on, but I hope that this gives you some things to think about, both in your own interactions with others, and then also things to share, principles to share with your students as these challenging things will inevitably come up in your classroom. Once again, the notes for this episode are at teachfortheheart.com slash 138. And you'll also find a shareable blog post there that you can share with your friends and family on, yep, back on social media. (laughs) Before we go, I also want to invite you to join us in our Teach Uplifted program. If you need help banishing the stress and anxiety and learning to teach with joy, our full Teach Uplifted program is your six-week path to do just that. You can get all the details at teachuplifted.com. Well, thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.